Hey everybody, this is Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown, and happy Easter, happy everyone. Happy Easter, man. What an amazing time. I, I like being able to say that now. Happy Easter. Mm. I don't know what your background was, but I, I typically... Oh, we always said happy Easter. Okay. I love it. It's awesome. Sounds like sounds like you have a story. Well, I, I debate even getting into... For today or another time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I like saying happy Easter. I just, I want to put it that way. You know, it's very refreshing um, to not be under some law. I like being able to say happy Easter. So happy Easter to you. It really was Thank an you. awesome weekend. Yeah. How was, how was your Easter with your family? It was great. I mean, you know, we, we didn't get to do the family thing, the bigger family thing. Okay. Um, but I have to say it was a supernatural resurrection weekend. Like I, you can't even put it into words. Um, it's not my story to share, but I just am really blown away. Um, as the holiday was coming up on Good Friday and Saturday, you know, we have been one of those families praying for a prodigal for a long mm. time, praying okay. for a prodigal. And it really was amazing. Literally the resurrection weekend. God resurrected a relationship that has been dead for years. Like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It's not my story to tell, and hopefully we'll get to it. But it was absolutely amazing. And and it really, you know, it's interesting because at service all the time, Pastor Zach is always coming up to this prodigal issue because mm-hmm. so many people experience it. Right. Hey, you may have a son or a daughter. You may have a family member. It's just really out there and wasting away their life and the, the sensitivity that our church has, right, right, it's been really beautiful. Yeah. We've learned so much. Well, I think, you know, going back to Jesus's teaching, there's a lot of these fundamental concepts that we can derive that, you know, really help us to come back into alignment with Jesus and with others. So mm. you have the, you know, God is our father. Like when, when uh, the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, how does he start the prayer? Like yeah. he says, our father who are in heaven. Yes. And you can sit right there. It's like, okay, God desires to have a relationship with me as father. Yeah. And that relationship transcends any other relationship mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to derive my meaning from there. That's yeah. where we start. It's good. And then Jesus talks about how different people come to the father. And you have the, the story of the prodigal son. And we can all identify, I think, either in a season or yep. a time or a moment where we've been the prodigal. And then we can also identify with the older, the brother. older brother. So it's like coming back to those places or asking the Lord to show you, where am I? Mm. Like where in in the teachings of Jesus, like what 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 is applicable to my situation right now? Yeah. It's so good. It's really interesting. And that's, that's the point I, I love that you're bringing up that I believe we've learned here at his providence church is when you look at the account of the prodigal we always look at the son who went and wasted away his life on lavish living and then the scripture says he came to his senses and so there's no sign of the father going out and getting him and so for year after year after year there's this rehearsal of when the prodigal's ready he'll come home when the prodigal's ready he'll come home this scenario was so interesting this weekend because the family member had to go and get the prodigal and it turns out, now this is what's so interesting. This came from a word from our church. That's what I'm saying. When it comes out, wow. it's not my story. It, it's amazing because the person who was the prodigal said they had been asking for this one specific thing from God. 
And it's exactly what happened years wow. later. So That's it's like beautiful. you can't we can't write the story no, like we can't. know it's gonna happen. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yep. And yep. trust. Yeah. And I, I think even what you just said there years later, there's like a, a time, like the right mm, time yeah. for something to happen. And, oh, I know. You know, it can be very frustrating for us. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times when Jesus says in a little while, <laughs> you know, a little while is like a long oh. while for us, you know? <laughs> oh man, it's so hard. It's so hard. He told us 2000 years ago, he's yeah. coming back. Right? right. So it's really hard. I get it. But how was your weekend? How was it was awesome. Week? So we, we were here for church yes. Saturday and so then good. Sunday got to, you know, sing in the choir. My dad sang in the choir. I, really I saw that. that. It was really cool. It was really cool. Um, and then uh, we had a, our our extended family over at our house, so it was a, it was a really good weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to say I did note that, and I thought it was amazing to see you here on the corner and Dad there in the center. Have you previously sung together? Yeah, we did at our at our old church. We were in we were in choir. I so love we it. We were one of those churches that did the big plays and all that. Oh yeah, back in the day. I come from that background yeah. too, not that church, but so let me ask you a question yeah. since you may. No. Um, are we going to see the choir more regularly or was it just the holiday? Do you happen to know? Oh, I know the plan is to bring in the choir when we go back to the Woo! the main sanctuary. It was awesome. So. It was, I don't know if you listened to the playback on Sunday, but it was just yes. really, it was awesome. Yes. It's, it's really beautiful. It's amazing to watch that worship and be a part of it. So, so really an awesome weekend. Uh, it was really wonderful, I think, to connect. I loved Saturday night service. I don't know how you mm. felt about it. Oh, no, I, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, me Huge too. Huge fan. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sweet spot for me too. So... All right, so we have uh, worship on Sunday, all these great things happening. It was really cool to get a glimpse. Maybe you haven't seen that uh, video is actually on our, yeah. our social sites. Yeah. So check it out if you missed it. But really cool to get a glimpse mm-hmm. of what's going on next door. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're always on the move. I know. That's, uh... God is always on the move. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just feel really uh, challenged just to let everyone know, like, God is always on the move in your life. Yeah. So even if you're feeling like everything's the same, it's not. It's not. Um, you're constantly being made more and more like Jesus every day. Mm. Um, and God always has something new and fresh for you, uh, for your situation. You that's, just got to ask and, and look for it. That's so good. That's important. And I think, you know, these things we can watch and sometimes like on the peripheral, like, oh, yeah, sure, God is moving, the church is growing. But I like that you're bringing it home to us. And we should have that same expectation in our own life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we come into the message. <laughs> the message. And uh, Pastor Zach preached out of John 20. Yes. Um, and he, you know, he he paused on the sentence where, so Jesus appears to his disciples after he's uh, been resurrected. Um, he just appears in the room with them. And it, it Pastor Zach stopped on where he showed them the wounds in his hands mm. and his side. Mm. And that's where we, we spent the majority of the message. Yeah. And it's the idea of contrasting wounds versus scars. So not healed versus healed. Yeah. Um, And that there's a process. Mm -hmm. There's a healing process. Um, And then the final application being that we also have wounds. Yep. And then how do we go about allowing those wounds to heal? Yeah. So then we can then have scars that are not... um, they're not a testament of being hurt. They're a testament of healing yeah. and how um, we are now made whole in Jesus to accomplish the work that he's calling us to do. Yeah. 
it's so cool. It's it's so necessary, and uh, you know he was jokingly. I mean, you're you're in the medical field, but he was joking about all the research that you could do. Oh yeah, on, on scars. Yeah. Yep. And and what actually is transpiring and happening, and the the illustrations and the imagery was just amazing. Yeah, and you know I was thinking about it today, because um, there are certain conditions. Like if someone is a is a diabetic, mm-hmm. they're more prone to wounds in their in their legs. Yeah, like wow. they get hurt because it, it affects their blood vessels, so the um, they don't get as good circulation down near their feet. That's why it's really important for anyone with diabetes to wear good protective shoes, to always inspect their feet and look for any kind of nick. Because if a wound happens, even if it starts out small, if it's not taken care of, um, it can progress because Mm. it's not receiving that healing blood flow. Um, And then we've had some patients where they have a wound um, and they don't get it taken care of. Mm. Um, They might try to do stuff with it at home, but because it's gotten so bad and it's infected, it requires heavy-duty antibiotics. Wow. But they need to go to the hospital to get that. Yeah. And a lot of patients, especially with the, the veteran population that I deal with, yeah. they don't enjoy going to the hospital. Right. Right? So they there's something in them where it's like, I don't want to get this checked. They understand they have a problem. Yeah. But And they and they want it fixed, but at the same time, they don't want to go to the hospital. They don't want to have to do what it takes to fix it. Um. And but that's what's that's what's going to happen. And if they don't if they don't get it treated, they're going to end up losing the leg. Isn't this illustration very much like a lot of us Christians? Right. You know, and and Paul writes to the churches in Galatia and he says, listen, you began in the spirit. So why do you think you're going to be made perfect in the flesh? And there's this understanding, like some of our veteran population, like, hey, I'm like you said, there's a timidity, there's a fear. Right. And I think we've come to the Lord in our brokenness. and, And he knew we knew we were broken. And yet now when we start walking with the Lord, there's almost like we just welcome this law upon ourselves. And we think we now have to perform for the Lord. Like we have to do the job of keeping ourselves clean. Right. Instead of coming back to that place of like, hey, in this world I have tribulation, but I can be of good cheer because Jesus overcame the world. Right. So yeah, I'm going to get nicked in this world. I'm going to get bumped and I'm Mm going to get bruised, but I have to keep coming back to that source because he's the only one that can heal and mend. Amen. Amen. And I, I think it's uh, it's really cool what you're hitting on there because it's how are we transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. So, and like we overcome because he overcame. Yes. But that transaction of truth versus lie, that takes place in our mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I need, and in order for me to receive the truth, I have to take my story, my woundedness to Jesus and allow him to tell me the story of his healing. Yes. Um, and I wonder, I think sometimes like what keeps us from doing that is we, you know, again, Pastor Zach talked about how the world teaches us to be victims mm-hmm. and hold us in a place of victimhood because it's like, I am owed this right. because this happened to me. Or I want people to see how hard my life has been. Um, but in order for us to and to get healing, we have to take that to Jesus. Yeah. And we have to surrender the story writing to him, mm. you know? And I, th- I think sometimes it's like letting go of that victim status is very hard. Yeah. Well, well letting go of, because we can so easily find ourselves, we're, we're looking 
you know, you and I were talking off the mic about the Our Father prayer. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Father in heaven. Or was that on the mic? I don't even recall. Yeah, no, this is on mic. Okay, yeah. yeah. And okay, if we're not getting that identity settled from the gate, correct. We're not coming back to he is my father. Right. We're going to be looking for identity in any one area. Mm-hmm. So when I'm a success, I identify with success. When I feel like a failure, I'm identifying with failure. Neither one are they're they're poles, right? So right. we have to stay in that place of God confidence, my confidence and my identity right. come from him and who he says I am, right. not based on a performance. Right. But it, it requires us to first relinquish the battle. Yeah. You can't sit at home and suffer with your wound anymore. Mm. You have to call 911, mm. let the EMTs take you to the hospital, Yeah, and then you have to submit to what the doctor says. <sighs> And the submission, that's what I'm saying, this illustration, we can right. go on and on. I remember, um, this is really interesting, just a quick little story. My kids were playing with a dog, and and it's my son got a scratch from the dog, from his yep. paw, but it was over the clothing. Yep. So he thought, hey, not a big deal, I'll just leave it alone. I might, if I mm-hmm. cleaned it in the shower or whatever. But days later, it began to agitate him, and I looked, mm. and it was already infected. And he thought he was covered because the clothing was right. there protecting. But we all know dogs' right. nails, they're in the dirt. Right. And if you don't clean it out from the gate, right. and, from and, the and your clothes are dirty too. Your clothes so are dirty. Any too. opening in your skin <laughs> is an opportunity. For organisms to get in. Oh man! And this is—I'm on my mind. I—I've I, not really heard a lot of teaching on this, so I was so pleased to hear Pastor Zach communicate this on Sunday. But in my mind, I tend to think of like. I, I tend to go to Jesus had healthy scars, and I believe many of us, we have scars, but they're kind of unhealthy. You know more than I do. Scar tissue can form, and right. if, if something's not done correctly, extra scar tissue can form, and that needs to be cut out. That needs to be removed, yeah. and you actually have pain on a scar because the end result is that Jesus, while he had wounds in his suffering in his resurrection, only had scars, and scars are a memory with out the pain. Mm. When Thomas touched his hands and his side, Jesus didn't say, ouch, to right. be silly. Right. Because the pain is gone. The pain is gone. But the memory is right. eternal for what Jesus has right. done. And I think in our own lives, as Pastor Zach was dancing this balance on Sunday of what Jesus did, and therefore what should our lives look like, our scars should be healthy scars. Yes. They should be memories without the pain. Exactly. And, and you know, the another verse I was thinking about is... You know, um, I think it's in Revelation. You can correct correct me if I'm wrong, but it says the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Yeah, it's that's before any of this because God exists in eternity. So mm. it's like everything is done. Yeah, we can't we can't grasp that because we're in time. Yeah. We experience things in succession, but Jesus has been slain since the foundation of the world. Right, and that's like the focal point is mm. what He did for us. It's the great. It's the great redemption, the great exchange, the great act of love yeah. for us, and it's focused in on the wounds. Mm. So good. It's 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 a great point to come back to, and even uh, Joshua in our School of the Spirit, he has a lot of great teaching on the eternity, and the and because God does exist outside of our time and space, yep. and so it can be really a challenge for us. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a big challenge for us, and we tend Huge. to think we tend to think, oh, I just got this wound right, right now, or I just made this major blunder right now, and we think somehow in the eternal perspective, it has upset the apple cart with God, mm-hmm. but he foresaw and knew everything. Right, right. And, and I think a big part of surrendering 
our wounds to healing by his wounds is, you know, again, we're, I, I think there's something in us that's, I'm afraid that the story is going to be changed where I'm not hurt. Like, like I'm going to be told it's not a big deal, mm. but God loves you and he knows everything perfect about you. Mm. So you have, we have to trust him with the story. Yeah. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, do you want, do you want, you can keep writing your own story. Yeah. You can. Um, and, and you can be saved in doing that. That's the thing. I think that's also another piece where it's like people think, oh, I got saved. So all of these things in my life should go away. Right. And it's like, no, there's a whole, there's a whole process of walking this out and, and and inviting Jesus in and saying, you know, by his wounds, I am healed. So Mm -hmm. how does that apply to this area of my life? How does that apply? And really surrendering that story, you know, um, and I keep thinking back to like even how we have to forgive others. And forgiving, I think, sometimes looks like I'm surrendering yeah. the story. Yeah. It, it can look like losing. Yeah. And, and I will say the majority of time, this is one of the things, the patterns that I have seen as I stand at the altar to pray with people on a Sunday is because I know what I dealt with. One of the challenges is if I forgive, I'm, I'm kind of I'm relinquishing, I'm surrendering the story. But the thing is, what I'm actually doing is taking myself out of the position right. to need to be the judge. And I'm allowing God to be both the just and the justifier. Right. He has the ability. He's the only one that can judge righteously, you know? Yep. And 1 Peter 2.23 talks about that, that Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in mm-hmm. return. He did not press into that issue, but he committed himself right. to the only one who can judge righteously. Right. And in that place of forgiveness, I have found in my own life and in working with people at the altar or in the classroom, we are bound up. We have so many wounds, and they're associated majority of the time to this area of forgiveness or rather unforgiveness. Right. Forgiving ourselves, forgiving others. Yep. Um, and I don't know why that this phrase keeps coming out this way tonight, sur- surrendering the story. Yeah. I just feel like there's probably someone out there that you really need it, you need to hear it that way. Okay. But Jesus cares about your story. Yeah. You know, because what does he say? Like, don't worry about your life. Um, like every hair on your head is numbered. Not a sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing. Yeah. The, the flowers are taken care of by God. So he care. does he not care for you? Yeah. He cares about all of your story. Hmm. But you have to let him write it. Yeah. Well, I think that's good, too, is I think we have become a very self-sufficient society. We've kind of boxed God out. We've, we've, we've said, okay, we, we can handle it, God. Right. These are, we're going to compartmentalize our religion. Like you get to have this space on Sunday and Monday morning and Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday evening, but you know, I'm going to run the rest and I'll come to you when I need right. something. And, and the Lord wants to be so intricately involved and woven into everything that we're doing mm-hmm. that we're allowing him to write the story through the process right. and not just coming to him when there's an issue. Exactly. And I, and I think some of that too is also from, um, misunderstanding like what sin is and when it says like you know our sins are forgiven like we tend to think of like these wrong things that we've done and yeah. it's like okay now there's been some kind of like balance sheet taken care of <laughs> and i'm good to go to heaven but if we think of sin as the act and then the results of anything that is not of god mm. that includes all that other junk in your life yeah yeah 
It's so good. And I think that, you know, part of part of what we see in some other translations is words like iniquity, which kind of really deepen mm-hmm. the understanding of sin. Or like you just said, hey, it's anything that's really separate and apart that's not of God right. and not of faith. Yep. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so then, you know, um, we come, so after we walk this out, yeah. after, as we surrender the story to God, what happens? Well, I was I was reminded of Second um, Corinthians one, starting in verse three, and Paul writes, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, mm. so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort." with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Yeah. For just as the sufferings of Christ are are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. Mm. So here we have like as we are comforted, as we allow God to heal these wounds in our life, it's not just for the healing itself, it's then to become a testimony of his grace. Yeah. And then we are now equipped because every scar has a story Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's a story of comfort. We can now go comfort others with that same comfort that we have received. Amen. Amen. And even with what Zach was saying that... It that scar is actually a point of defiance. It communicates, hey, defied we against all odds. Odds you you couldn't keep right. Jesus. You couldn't keep him down. And so that is comforting to one another that we might be able to see. I, right. I don't know in your own life how you experience. Like people will come and ask questions or share their story, and you're like, whoa, I right. have been through oh, that. Yes, amen, amen. Yeah, I Absolutely. can I can relate. Like I know what it's like, and. And, you know, it, this is kind of the piece that I wanted to bring up here. You've been talking about surrendering the story and, and coming to the Lord with everything. But how important it is that while while we don't yet see God face to face, right, we don't yet have this experience, a lot of times what we're doing is we we do need one another to right. be able to have these dialogues yes. with and bear one another's yep. burdens and restore yep. one another. Yeah. I think of Paul's writing. He says, hey, if anybody is overtaken in a trespass or sin, you who are spiritual, Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest right. you also fall into that trap. And so there's this place of like in the body, we are restoring, comforting, helping one another. Everything you just said from Second Corinthians, it's all that comfort that we're pouring out. And we're we're actually communicating mm-hmm. the love of God to one another. Amen. And you know, we talk. I, we talked about this a lot, um, but in James, where it says, "Confess your sins to one That's another." I've been thinking the whole time, and yeah. pray for one another yes. so that you can Maybe be healed. healed. Again, when we think of sin as as anything that is not of God, mm. might be something that you did, could be something that someone did to you, yeah. or something in your life that that's that's not in alignment. Confessing is sharing. Yeah. So yes, we take this to God, but then we can just we can share this with each other. Yeah. Because how am I supposed to know how to comfort you if you don't share? That's right. Um, and so that's why we have greenhouses. That's why we have all these other opportunities where we can walk this out with one another. Mm. I think sometimes, Luke, when when we see that uh, somebody else may be doing it. They look like they're doing really well and maybe they've scarred up. Maybe they've got some good, healthy scars. You can tell they've been through a couple of fights and they've got, but they've got the scars to prove it, but they don't look as feeble and wobbly as you. And you feel like, oh, 
if I kind of pull my sleeve up and yep. show them this wound, they may judge me. They may say, well, you got to work real hard, brother or sister or whatever it may be. And so I think there is that sense of timidity. Like, how do I know I can release that and and trust? How do I know I can be transparent and vulnerable? Like you said, you're dealing with some of our veteran population. And it's like, hey, I, I don't really want to deal with that. I'm just going to trust right here in my own house. But it's not helping. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because, again, it's like... We want to have the, I'm just getting the word suppleness or the the flexibility that comes from um, a good healing at the hands of the great physician, mm. Jesus. Yeah. You know, because some, you know, you can have an injury and it can heal. Yep. Like you could break a bone, it can heal. Because uh, the healing process kind of starts right away. Mm. But your body, because your body wants to, you know, we have these processes. But we want it to heal correctly. Yeah, it's good. And so that requ- and there are times where the doctors have to like re-break things mm. in order to then put it back together the right way. Which is not we've had this word coming yeah. through our church over the past couple of years. It, it is really interesting. Um yeah, I know that sounds quite painful, but I think right. I was talking with a, a couple people on Sunday morning and it was like, "Hey, this is a glorious undoing." Mm-hmm. And God will do that. He will bring you into a space. Pastor Zach was talking about it. You know, he had to just kind of accept after a while. You come into this space and it seems like all hell breaks loose or your life starts to fall apart. Listen, I can attest to it. I remember where I was and I came here thinking, wow, this is going to be just such an awesome beginning. And really what it was was a glorious undoing. Mm-hmm. Everything I thought I knew had to be kind of laid out on the altar. I had to be willing to put my doctrine and beliefs and thinking on the table and only pick up what the Lord cleansed Mm -hmm. and allowed me to pick up and bring back into my life. It was a tough season. And I think in many ways I'm still going through it, you Mm -hmm. know, and just being there to to walk with the Lord along that process. Right. And I think that's another that's another piece is sometimes we we just, you know, think of like, oh, there was a season of healing in my life and now I'm good. Yeah, that's that's a trap. It's right. Okay. Well, like, do you still have a sin nature? Yes, yeah. you do. Okay. So there's gonna be time for more healing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I know. It's <laughs> a problem for me, Luke. Yes. This is a difficult area for me because I'm like, God, I just want to arrive. Give me the POA, the yes. point of arrival. Yes. Well, I'm looking for it. No, yeah. it's 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 a journey. And like Pastor Zach was saying on Sunday, it's a process. Right. Nobody wants to hear, you know, that it's a process. We want to go right to that immediately heal, that immediate healing and that cleansing. Yeah. Um, and then we came to that. Uh, he brought back the wounds in Revelation, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. Revelation five. Yep. Um, and how it was only the Lamb that was slain that could open the seven seal scroll with the writing on both sides. And I had done like a very brief like Google search during church about um, the scrolls with like writing on both sides yeah i'm interested and um (coughs) excuse me uh broadly speaking they usually had to do with some kind of like title deed or like Mm. a um so like when he when pastor zach mentioned that a scroll had been found yeah um and it had to do with the ransom of a slave it's it would be very much like that sort of thing wow and the purpose was so that you could kind of like see on the on the outside like what it was for because, yeah, normally they would write only on the inside. Mm. With something like this, with a seal or, like, multiple seals, like, with different parts of the scroll. Wow. There, w- there would be writing on the other side that would sh- that would denote, like, a time when it was to be opened, like, who, be- who it belonged to, that sort of thing. Like, ownership. And only 
that person could open it at like the appointed time sort of thing. Wow. You know, and um, when we look at the scroll in Revelation, so only Jesus can open these the scroll. Right. Now, each of those seven seals has to do with like a form of judgment on the earth. And I'm just reminded, you know, when in our wounds, we want to exact revenge. Mm-hmm. But what does the Bible say? Vengeance is mine. Revenge is mine. I will repay. Yeah, yeah. And so we can trust that Jesus is perfectly just, and he will He will be the, the great judge at the end. Yeah. But we're not good at, we're not good when we, when we try to be the judge. No, not at all. And in fact, like you said, it's, it's us exacting revenge. It's us kind of deducing and coming up with what punishment fits the crime. And again, thinking about standing there at the altar after countless uh, altar calls and just hearing a number one issue that comes up is holding unforgiveness and bitterness, or as Pastor Zach would say, holding forgiveness at ransom when it's the very thing that can cleanse you. You know, you may have this wound and the healing is like you said something so interesting just a few moments ago. It's it's almost instantaneous. The body wants to start repairing itself. Yeah. And unless it's set correctly and cleansed or cleansed or set, then you're going to have a healing, but it's going to be an improper healing. Right. And that's where I go back to that scar tissue. That's extra, this natty and bawling. It has to be cut out. Right. Because that unforgiveness will do that. It will get right inside there and you can look like you've healed and look like you've forgiven, mm-hmm. but it's still there causing you pain right and i and i think sometimes it's it's again it just goes to just surrender the whole thing to jesus Mm. because we can we can forgive and 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 forgiveness can be a process so that that's that's another thing i want to it's good it's important for us to understand like especially if something in your life has happened that's very traumatic yeah it's there are ripple effects of that in your life so yeah you can you can you can have forgiven but then the the process of relinquishing the whole situation can take time. Absolutely. It can take time, and God is patient with you in yes. that. Yeah. I have found one practice, uh, two practices in my own life that when, when I feel like something is coming up again, I have to first acknowledge that I have already forgiven that offense. Mm-hmm. I think the enemy is really good at oh, coming yes. back and trying yes. to whisper. So I have to first acknowledge, nope, that's forgiven. Right. I've released that. Now, Lord, there's some feelings associated here, so what's going on? Right. You know, that's the second part. It's like, okay, what is going on? And and it may be that I'm refusing to see that offender the way that God sees them, and so therefore I need to pray. Lord, how do you see that offender? Do mm-hmm. you just see them as an offender, or do you see them differently? Because I need your picture right. of that person mm-hmm. in order to have this forgiveness come full circle. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap up? I don't. Again, I like that we're pointing out greenhouses, an opportunity for us to get refined with one another and to be in the same space and learning from one another. And, uh, you know, if you find that um, somebody is sharing something that's a little bit different than what you may believe or think, this is why I think it's really awesome that we learn on a small scale to really learn to interact and accept one another. Amen. Amen. All right. That's really it. Why don't you close us out in prayer? All right, Father, we thank you for the time that we've had today to get into the word from this past Easter and to hear about the things that you've done. Lord, I just think about, I got a chance to walk by the children's ministry and I saw all those stuffed bunnies and I thought, wow, what a blessing for our kids. And then I think about 
the time of worship on Sunday. I think about the people that came to the altar. I think about the healing and the cleansing that you were doing. And even right now at the sound of our voice, the challenging uh, healing and, and cleansing that you're doing in each and every one of us. And as, as Luke has been saying all show, we just release the process. We surrender the process to you and we trust you. Lord, have your way in our lives. We are not the author, nor are we the Mm. finisher. You're the perfecter. You're the one who began the good work, and you're faithful to complete it unto that glorious day. And so we look to you, and we ask you for help, and we trust you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. And that's The Breakdown. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 